Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Package Tourist, hosted by yours truly, The Package Tourist and the magical mystery tour called Life, Matthew DiBiase. Tonight's guest is author Sharon K. Connell. Sharon was born in Wisconsin, but lived most of her adult life in Chicago and Florida. She now resides in Houston, Texas. Although she defines her genre as writing as Christian romance suspense, she has also published a cookbook and a multi-genre collection of short stories. Sharon has also devoted her life to her Christian faith and has spent most of her life studying the Bible and graduated from the Pensacola Bible Institute. Tonight, we will be discussing her latest release, Tall Pine Sanctuary, which was published last August. Sharon, welcome back to the show. It's an honor and privilege to have you back. Um, I'd like to start off by asking, please tell our listeners about your latest book, Tall Pine Sanctuary. Uh, well, thank you, Matthew or Matt. It's um, great to be back on your podcast. Tall Pine Sanctuary is a story basically about trust and forgiveness. It takes place in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, where my main characters were born and raised. The story starts out with the death of the heroine's grandfather, who's been a stabling influence in her life. Faith doesn't believe Grant's death was an accident, and she's determined to find out what really happened to him. In order to lend support at the trying time, Grace, Faith's best friend, has planned to stay with her in the magnificent log cabin that has been left to her by her grandfather. An unexpected blizzard occurs, and Faith and Grace wind up stuck in the cabin with not only Faith's injured former fiancé, Josiah, but an unwanted guest whom neither of them trust. Mm. There's more than one mystery to unravel in the story and lots of laughs, some supplied by Faith's also inherited pet ferret. And that's kind of a, you know, a short synopsis of it. It's, uh, it's compelling. Now, you chose the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. Have you or any member of your family ever had personal experiences living or traveling through the Rocky Mountains? Well, I've not lived in Colorado, although it would be my choice if I could. Texas is my second favorite state. But I had the extreme pleasure of visiting the Rockies in Colorado and staying in Grand Junction. We traveled across the Rockies going west and then again going east. Absolutely beautiful in the spring. Now, please tell our listeners about the, your heroine, Faith O'Callaghan. What is she like? I mean, as a woman, describe her as a woman. What does she do for a living? I mean, what's her background? How old is she, her character? Um, well, her um, face is, um, let me think back here. She's about 24 years old. Mm. Um, she's a mixture of Irish and Native American from the youth nation. Mm. She is an artist whose work is exhibited in an art gallery in Denver, a fictional, of course. Um, her paternal side of the family is Irish and settled in the Rockies a long time ago, claiming a large piece of land on which the cabin sits. Um, and her grandparents set up an upstairs room in the cabin to be Faith's art studio because she loves painting from nature. Mm -hmm. The room and balcony face the mountains and she just loves being there. Um, that was one of the reasons why she spent a lot of time there in her childhood and finally moved in with her grand grandparents before he died. 
Do you see her as perhaps a recurring character in future novels, or do you think this will be her sole appearance on the literary stage? Well, although I love my character Faith, I love all my characters. Mm. This will be her only story. I learned a long time ago with my first four books, it's too difficult to remember everything that you need to remember to have recurring <laughs> characters. I know. It's just, you, you have to create an elaborate backstory. You have to make sure, you know, it's kind of like McMurtry with his Lonesome Dove stuff. You have to make sure everything yeah. dovetails in. You I know? have notes all over my room. <laughs> yeah. Now, you okay, you say that Faith has has Native American ancestry. Uh, what about the the hero, the male hero, Josiah? Is he too Native American or no? Yes, Josiah is also Native American. He's a descendant of Chief Quanah Parker mm. from the Comanche tribe. Ooh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. And uh, he's a great one, Quanah uh, Parker, too. You know, yeah, yes. the, the last great chief of the Comanche I, Nation. I love the research work on that one. Quite compelling figure. I mean. But then when he finally went on the reservation, I mean, he, I mean, he became, you know, uh, he was came a force, you know, on that reservation there. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm kind of curious. Do you yourself have any? Uh, do does your own family have like any Native American ancestry? Because don't laugh, my mother. I'm a one sixteen Cherokee on my mother's side from the Eastern Band of North Carolina. Any background in your family? That's great. Um, no. Um... I'm not a Native American, although I've been asked more than once because <laughs> if I was because of my high Scandinavian cheekbones. But um, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the Native Americans for as long as I can remember. So you've so in a sense, it's been more of an interest then in Native American culture. Is that correct? Yes. And when I started this book, I thought this was a time when I can dedicate a book to the Native Americans. When you, Sharon, when you write, do you pray or meditate before you write? I pray before, during, and even after I write. Mm. It's part of my writing life and method. Um, once I realized God wanted me to be a writer, I started praying about it, and I've never stopped. Sometimes I look back on the stories I've written and know in my heart that that did not come from my brain, <laughs> at least not all of the story. Okay, so you, you anticipate the next question. So do you feel that when you're writing, you actually feel that the Holy Spirit is moving your hands? Oh, absolutely. Do you, I mean, uh, do, you see your, do you see your novels as testaments of faith? I mean, do you, in a sense, are you like teaching a lesson, as it were, to your readers? Do you see yourself in that sense? Um, yes, I, I'm hoping so. Um, not only as a testament to my faith, but as a testimony to God's mercy, faith, forgiveness, grace, and so much more. Have you ever gotten feedback from your readers about about your, who read your books that they said by, by reading your books it really helped reaffirm their faith in Jesus? Have, do you get much feedback in that in that vein? Well, uh, not in so many words that I recall, but every once in a while I'll get a comment from a reader, mostly on Facebook or in an email from a reader I've become friends with, that um, they'll say something in a story has moved them. 
Getting back to, uh, is it, is Josiah, uh, jo I think it's Josiah. Now, you said one of the characters in Tolpine Sanctuary is in the military. Is that Josiah or is it the other the other guy, the mysterious it's guy? It's Josiah. Um, Josiah is um, in the army and he just got out. Okay. <laughs> Now that seems to be a recurring thing because I remember in our first interview we kind of talked about that. You, you, always, it seems to be a common theme with your male characters. There's usually a military background. I mean, have any of your female characters ever done a military background, or just strictly the oh, male? Oh yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. You can go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I have a female character in um, There Abideth Hope, who um, her. Her father was in the military, and her brothers were in the military, and she decided to follow suit, except that they were in the Marines. So um, she wanted to be a Navy nurse, or a Marine, well, I guess a Marine nurse, but she had to go into the Navy to do that, and that story is about her. Now, I forget, did your father or your or grandfather, did they serve? Neither one of them that, I, that I'm aware of, um, I've never heard anything about it, but my husband is a retired Army Sergeant Major um, who also served in the Air Force prior to joining the Army, and, and he's been wonderful in helping me with the authenticity of life in the service. Don't laugh. My father did served in two branches of the service. First, he did a year in the Army in 48 to 49 at Fort Hood, and then... Um, when the Korean War started, he did four years in the Navy, you know, from 50 to 54. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's all where I got so much information about Fort Shafter for my uh, book, Ko'olau's Secret. Ooh. Wow. Now, he was stationed there. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, Sharon, I meant to ask, and when we did our first interview uh, earlier this year, I had meant to ask you this question, but we ran, I, I kind of ran out of time. But I always was kind of wondering, you describe yourself as a Christian romance suspense writer. In your books, how do you convey love, passion, and sexuality without sounding lurid or trashy or inappropriate? I mean, how challenging is it when writing, when writing about a loving romantic interlude? Well, I write from life, and life includes all those things. Um, what I don't do is get explicit. Hmm. Adults know what happens if you simply lead them up to the action. Hmm. A loose sash on a bathrobe, um, pinning someone against the wall, as in the case of an attack by the villain. Um, my good characters have Christian morals. Even if they are, aren't saved individuals when they're first introduced into the story, and the villains will be villains. Um, they'll do things that are in, inappropriate. But there aren't any bedroom scenes in my novels. Okay. There, are, there are romantic one-on-one -on -one moments where the kisses deepen and hearts pound, one loses their breath, etc. My readers say it doesn't have to go any further. They already know what's going on, and most of us have those memories to fill in the rest. I'm, I show what the characters are feeling okay. when they are approaching an, a passionate moment. Um, readers really don't have to be spoon-fed. Okay. So in a sense, you're more dealing with the, the, the inner emotions and the inner thoughts rather than the physical action then. Is that correct? Well, I give a little bit of the physical action, but I don't 
go into details that are, like you said, lurid mm -hmm. or inappropriate. Okay. Sharon, we are presently living in a time of, of great change and debate about the role of women in American society and actually world society. As a woman, a wife, mother, and a grandmother, what are your personal feelings about where the American woman and by extension the young American girl is going today or perhaps not going? What are your, what are your feelings and concerns about the, uh, about the subject? Well, I have a very strong opinion about that, um, and I'm probably going to upset some of your female listeners by this, but um, I, it's my opinion, and I have no problem about expressing it. My personal feeling is that women are taking a role in society God never meant for them to take. They're trying to take over the position of men. It started with the feminist movement and has just gotten worse from there because women are turning their backs on the noble position of a wife and a mother, which God intended for them to hold. The younger generation is messed up. Women compete with men for jobs and social positions. Um, even our military is full of women and not in support roles as they were in the past, like clerks and nurses. But in places of leadership, it's all backwards. Um, I just thank God that we still have families who stay under the umbrella God set up. Um, that would be God first, men under him, women under the man of the house, and children under the mothers. Um, it's no wonder to me that children are rebelling against their parents, and there's so many single mothers today many of which leave their children at home to fend for themselves while they're off doing whatever they want to do. So you feel then that the American woman is heading in the wrong direction? Is that accurate to... Oh, definitely. Okay, okay. I mean, uh, so in a sense, do you feel like the concept of the American family is put a term kind of like a bit of an endangered species, as it were? You, yes, yeah. it is. Okay. If you look around... Um, even when you watch TV, uh, there are so many, it, it's not normal. They don't have normal families anymore. And I think that's pushing it. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, please tell our readers, where can they find your book, Sharon? Um, well, all of my books are on Amazon, uh, paperback and ebook. Uh, readers can go to my author page on Amazon and view all the titles. They can see the book covers and they can read small excerpts about the stories. And that's, um, you know, it's Amazon.com slash author slash Sharon K. Connell. Okay. And the name is all strung together with no spaces. But they can also um, go to Goodreads. Um, my books are there. Um, and on my website, um, that would be um, www.authorsharonkconnellallsprungtogether.com. And they can order um, books even at a bookstore by going to the service desk and requesting them to order a book for them. Um, do you have a personal website, Sharon? Yes, that was it, www dot author Sharon K. Connell dot com. 
Now I notice uh, Tall Pine Sanctuary. You you just had it. You just you're coming out with something new, right? The a a amethyst. Um, the amethyst lights. It's already out. I released it last month. Ooh, okay. And it's a romantic suspense fantasy involving a world of fairies. Ooh. So uh, is that a bit of a departure for you, Sharon? Well, not so much a departure. I I had um, in my short stories. I have a couple fairy um, stories involving fairies, but this one's um, the story is about a hamlet called Amethasia in the world of Christandavere. Mm. Um, I had to make up this world, which <laughs> <It> was an experience. <laughs> the town appears for seven days every 100 years, and, and some of my um, critiquers asked me if I had patterned it after, um, oh, what is that Scottish? story. Ooh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, there, there's a movie that came out um, that has a town like that. And I've never even seen it. Well, <laughs> so, me neither. I, I, you I got, you got, yeah, you got me on that one. I don't know that either. You know, now, yeah, it'll come to me. But anyway, it disappears again. Um, but during the seven day break, um, a fairy named Jillian runs away to avoid marriage to a evil prince. Ooh, ouch. And um, the um, a young fairy, her age, named Lylan, finds her on the run and injured and takes her to his parents' home. Mm. But wow. the prince has sent guards to find and return Jillian mm. and force her to marry him. Mm. Now, <laughs> it also has a little mystery um, that have to mysteries to be revealed. Um, and it's not your normal fairy tale for kids, although it could probably be told to them there's nothing in it that they couldn't hear. Um, but it's it was written for grown-ups to enjoy. It's full of excitement, danger, and a few laughs along the way. Wow. Now, so in a sense, this is like a, 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 a for for adults, you're writing this fantasy for adults. For a moment, looking at it, I almost thought it was like a children's book. Is this more for an adult audience? Yeah, it's for, like I said, you can read it to a child. There's nothing wrong in it. Mm. It's just that while I was writing it, I was thinking of these fairies as real people, except that they have wings and fly, you know. Mm. That's, that's <laughs> the only difference. Have you ever thought Maybe about Maybe a little bit smaller than us. <laughs> have you ever thought about writing a children's book? No, I don't think, um, I don't think that's, in my future, I, I'm. My daughter used to write wonderful children's stories, but I don't think I can. I'm. I'm more geared for novels. <laughs> yep. Um, now, after after this, uh, I, I think I saw something you're working on. I think I saw you just posted today. You're working on something involving uh, Minnesota, the Northern Lights. Uh, do tell, please. Can you give us a <laughs> teaser? Well, I can give you a little. I don't have the story formed totally yet. I just got bits and pieces that I'm working on. But the new story, it takes place in Minnesota. And uh, it'll be more in the normal genre of romantic suspense, although I'm trying to find some mystery to stick into it. Mm -hmm. uh, the working title that I have right now is Trust Never After. Mm -hmm. um, and it should be released this coming summer, but it's it takes place in where um, the area in Minnesota where my mother came from. Ooh. So I have plenty of research uh, partners 
cousins <laughs> if you don't mind me asking we're in minnesota because i always been i've been in minnesota a couple of times i wonder if i was ever in that area can you tell me where you will probably have never heard of these nobody every time i ask people if they've ever heard of sabika or managa they just look at me funny <laughs> now is that close to lake superior or kind of kind of a geographical no, reference it's more or less in the middle of minnesota mm -hmm. it's um it's west and slightly north of Minneapolis. Okay. And then they used to be all farm communities. My cousin says there's plenty of farms built there. Yeah. Um, my grandparents had the biggest farm when they were, um, they came from Finland Ooh. and they had the biggest farm in the area. Um, they had, they had, 13 children, I think it was. Oh my my mother was one of the last. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Wow. It's <laughs> uh, fascinating. I mean, I saw the cover. It's a very beautiful cover. I mean, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. no, that's not the cover. Oh. That's, I said, in lieu of a cover. <laughs> okay. Because I don't have one yet. But um, I, I hope I can work those northern lights in there. But I asked my cousins if they do see the northern lights up there. I used to only go up there in the summer. Yeah. Um, and my one of my cousins says, yeah, they actually do see the door. He actually sent me a picture that a friend of his yeah. had sent him um, when they caught the northern lights in the area. And um, they happened somewhere around March or so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. I mean, so I myself. Basically, I... when my pictures, my stories went up, yeah. take place part of it. Yeah, I, I myself have never beheld the Northern Lights, so it must be an incredible experience. I know you really have to get up into the Northern Latitudes to really, really see it, you know. It, yeah, yeah, so a lot of my friends have seen I've never seen it, even though we were in Maine, but we never saw them when we were up there. Yeah. Um, and they say that I've heard from friends of mine that at times um, it almost sounds like music or singing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you said the summertime, like August, September? Yes. Um, well, August, probably August. I try to get have my books come out in that month. Well, Sharon, I'll have you. I want to have you on the show again in August, so we can talk about that. Okay. No, seriously. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Positively. Okay. Absolutely. I'd love to. Yes. Sharon, uh, I want you to take care um, and uh, just, you know, be safe, you know, you know, stay healthy, be safe. And, um, and, and I'll, I'll, I want to, I want you coming back again in the summertime. Okay. Okay. And you take care of yourself too. Um, be sure you show up on my um, format, form at um, Facebook. Yes. Yes, you know, absolutely. Put your head in there once in a while and say hi. Okay. Thank you, Sharon. Okay. <laughs> oh, by the way, I wanted to let your readers know that, or your listeners know that um, Amethyst Lights is going to be free um, on July, oh, no, July, December um, 9th through the 11th, I think it is, mm. on the e-copy. Wow. The e-book is going to be free. Fantastic. All right. So go out. Uh, okay. Attention listeners, go out and get it. It's a beautiful stocking stuffer for Christmas. It is. Yes. <laughs> and Sharon, I want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. Okay. And the same to you, Matt.
Peace be unto you. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for next week's show, where I will be interviewing Civil War historian William Connery on the 160th anniversary of the Civil War Battle of Fredericksburg. And I'd just like to remind my listeners that my book, Lords of the Great Iron Two, Pro Football's Greatest Coaches, is up at Amazon. It's on sale at 30% off and will remain on sale until after Super Bowl 57 is played. So go out and get it. It's a beautiful stocking stuffer. Thank you and good night.